want to welcome everyone back to BNB Presents the Black Media Podcast. And tonight we got a show talking about that paper. But before we get into that, <laughs> my name is Why Ben. So silly, <laughs> we can't right. even let Benny do his intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast, as y'all didn't see me do it, people in the, or, in the listening <laughs> audience. But I had to rub my hands together like paper. Uh, <laughs> but, but my name is Ben, and to my right. <laughs> It's me, Nada. Good day. To my right. Oh, that was yeah. simple. <laughs> I thought she was going to hit us with a new catchphrase. I know. I didn't know what was Today. going on. <laughs> you know, she be acting British and shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, woman? <laughs> well, if you must know, I am Betty, 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 y'all. What up, though? Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. We are back again for uh, some of these folks and they foolishness so let's get started <laughs> yeah so tonight's episode is called pocket watching who watching pockets well i'm glad you asked because even though this is the uh, black media <laughs> podcast uh, this stems from everyone's discontent on how elon musk spent 44 billion dollars or so on the purchase of twitter and uh people was upset talking about he should have fed the world he should have bought school books he should have built uh he should have solved the homeless problem uh with instead of buying twitter but that leads us to our discussion within the black community that whenever someone becomes rich successful famous or has an influx of cash sometimes as a community we put an unwritten pressure on them to solve the community's problems and i want to know do you think that's fair for us to pressure uh, our celebrities or our people in our community who have a financial come up to offset the cost of what they did not help to cause. So meaning that you can't link redlining to any black celebrity that was already there before Jay-Z made a billion, Kanye made a billion. Uh, racism and you know what they call systematic racism and being shot out of certain banks loans is not a Kanye West, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Oprah problem but they do want them to solve that problem with their billions. And I just want to know how you all feel about that. If I got $44 billion to buy Twitter, I don't give a damn what people got to say, <laughs> what I need to do with my money. <laughs> that is my money. I can do whatever I want to do with it. Uh, but yeah, I get what some people are saying. You know, it, it could have been put to a better cause. We could come up with a hundred different reasons, thousands of different reasons of what he could have did with the money. But at the end of the day, it's his money. It's his choice. Right. And but why but, but why why is it his money, his choice? But when black folks get money, they expect for you to say the world, pass out uh, yeah. go to Walmart, cash out layaways for Christmas. Like because ain't nobody because ain't nobody gonna Benny's look out. Question. Yeah. Ain't nobody is, gonna look yeah. out for the black community but the black people. But why is the pressure not put on the white community who put the black community in those particular situations? Like people are not going to to Congress about this redlining issue, but soon as 40, what's his name? 40, 42 Doug was flashing cash all on the internet and buying an S-Class Mercedes in Detroit. All of a sudden, everybody like, well, he need to be buying homes. He should be buying groceries. He should be rebuilding the community. But how do we know he's not doing that? Exactly. So that's what I said. Do you think that's a fair assessment for people to put that pressure? Like like Betty said, when it comes to white people, like you know, some people are like this is what he should have did. But at the end of the day, it's his money. But when 
But when you find out a, there's a black celebrity sitting on a couple of billion dollars, all of a sudden you have a, all of a sudden it becomes he needs to be saving and he needs to fund this and he needs to have a school. Because there's actually, you know, some, uh, I think Dr. Umar Johnson sometimes uh, Dr. Umar, shames. we about to talk about him. <laughs> Well, sometimes I, I think this, he, I know this was coming up. Now, hold on. <laughs> I think sometimes he will shame some people into like well, your school. Hold like... it up, hold up. <laughs> but you know, I wonder. I wonder, like, if a lot of celebrities, black celebrities, do do that, but just underneath like a different name, just because they don't mm. want everybody pocket watching. They don't want everybody to know their business. I mean, if I was a celebrity that had millions of dollars or billions of dollars to to donate. I wouldn't do it underneath my name. It would be like underneath a different organization or something like that because I'm not looking for the fame or the recognition saying, mm -hmm. hey, Jay-Z or hey, Renata did this. She opened this, this school or she donated, donated um, a whole bunch of computers to this school. Nobody needs to know that, but except between me and that school, you know, not and I, would prefer, I, pre I would prefer to be like in the background in those type of situations. Now, are you saying that that would be like equivalent to when they give homeless people money on the street and then they take a picture or make a video out of it? No, that's the thing. You don't have to take a video of it. Yeah. I don't I don't like when people do that. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you think it are you like saying that by you doing it in your name, that would be like the same thing is the question. Basically, be, be just yeah. kind of braggadocious. To a certain degree. It, it, it just it just might bring um, unwelcomed attention that you that you don't necessarily want. And then. You already a billionaire. You already get unwelcome. But, see, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like it, it might just kind of deter you from your purpose mm -hmm. of what you're trying to actually, you know, do there. So I think it's best that you know you, you don't share who donated. It, it could just be like underneath underneath a private donation. That's just my thought. I, so if, you, if it was me personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do it that way. So let's just say, not a you in Target. Next thing you know, Beyonce come to Target. And she walk her ass right out of Target with with a box of tampons and some oatmeal cream pads. You ain't gonna be like, I know this bitch did not just not come to Target and buy everybody something. Because <laughs> when she go to expect, Walmart, I wouldn't expect nothing from her. <laughs> but I just think nah. sometimes people expect that out of you absolutely know, out, out of celebrities. Like I know you just didn't walk in. Money Target aside, and... <laughs> something as simple as an autograph. Uh, who was it? Um... Will Smith. Oh lord! <laughs> <laughs> come on, we got. We try to keep his name out the podcast. Like, like he, he's got enough bad publicity going on. Yeah, no but there problem. was some celebrity recently. I guess uh, some girl walked up to him and tried to get his autograph three times and he was out with his family or something. And then, like, you know, he kind of pushed her away and she got an attitude or something. And blasted like, him on still, social media. Yeah, like, we have to respect that these people are human, too. And they like to go out and enjoy their family just as much as we do. Just because they're a celebrity. I mean, yeah, it comes with the territory. You kind of have to expect that when you go out in public. People are going to want to want autographs. Right. Um, but do it's almost to a point of bullying like we bully them to get what we want <laughs> it's like oh you better sign my autograph or you know i'm gonna shame you on, on social media you know you know what i'm saying like sometimes people feel entitled to get an autograph when they shouldn't uh this conversation just went totally right no you you, you kind of within that same vein because we're talking about the these unwanted or these <laughs> these expectations these unmerited expectations that we put on black celebrities betty yeah. what, what, what's your thoughts on on black people saying, well, why why is this person got a billion dollars? Why Oprah got a billion? Why Michael Jordan got a billion? We ain't got no schools. We ain't got no banks. We don't have no hospitals. You know, that's always what comes up in these these conversations. All we got is chains and clothes. 
<laughs> so so a couple things i just want to like keep looking at myself because i think i look real cute today so i kept yes, like trying beautiful. to get my <laughs> thank you we see you in the life we see you okay yeah, you're going. Get... yes <laughs> okay now that you put to all too much <laughs> <laughs> hey i am here to uplift my you friends okay i'm talking about premium you know keep, that's, I'm, I'm always gonna do that i keep trying to check my i'm like is this a little glow on my cheek i didn't even know y'all somebody should have told me I okay like, back to the topic Dang it. <laughs> all right so um you know what i i really don't have personally i don't have that um that energy actually i don't even really like to discuss people's money and the reason why is because it does nothing for me like exactly if, if somebody has a million dollars my dte bill is still due on the 29th and right. i still got to come up with this money like you know so the money that somebody else has or doesn't have does not benefit or hurt me um i've never been one to be like um like you said we don't have schools we don't have this we don't have that i've never thought about that in that aspect feeling like a celebrity owes their community anything or bring anything back if they do i think it's pretty dope right. um that they that they would do that you know like lebron james starting a school in his hometown and right. you know a couple times when celebrities have gone to the local walmart and purchased uh christmas gifts for people and things like that or you know did I think recently we had a uh, Cardi B pay for a funeral or, or something yeah. for some people. Yeah. So I think it's pretty dope when people take their hard earned money and um, are generous with it and give it back to the community. I always think that's great. Um, but one thing that I really, really am really adamant about is that there is a huge wealth gap <laughs> in our country. Oh, and absolutely. I, I really feel like, and this is my personal thought, and I don't think it's going to go anywhere, you know, nobody's listening, but I just don't understand why we are losing. Well, I do understand we're losing teachers. We're losing educators, Oh yeah, losing people that are actually shaping and molding our children and our future doctors, lawyers, and things like that. And they get paid minimum compared mm -hmm. to, um, people who are, um, you know, athletes or influencers on social media, yeah. people showing their feet on, on, TikTok and you know uh only fans and they make a million the girl the, the cash me outside girl she made like 52 million dollars or something oh yeah I only that fans. On yeah. like i think that's ridiculous that people have the opportunity to be so wealthy and the people who are actually shaping and molding our communities are not um my daughter just um lost her teacher and um and i don't know why teachers do this but she told her that she got more money at a different school so this is what she told the kids now, how do how wow. fucked up do the kids feel? <laughs> right. You know, and so my daughter's every day like, oh, I wish she wouldn't have left us. We only had two more months of school. You know, like my the kids are really distraught about it. Like she about to get wow. a check for two months because I mean that's a, I mean in this particular case I can understand I don't understand why she didn't close out the school year. <laughs> like well, yeah. next year I ain't gonna be here. Yeah, but it's, it's really bad. Like it's really bad that we have educators who who are not making enough money, who are leaving the profession and going to pursue other career options, maybe even OnlyFans to show on their feet. You know, I, I I think that that is something that we need to address in the country. Why is there such a huge wealth gap? And it's not because people aren't working hard. It's not because people mm -hmm. are not trying. It's not because people are not putting their best foot forward. Um, we know that some people have been given a financial advantage. But a lot of things that people are getting paid for, um, I don't think that it's 
um, equal to some of the, the resources that we need. I, I think that's a big problem for me. Yeah, I think when you look at, because this is a capitalist society, mm. to advance, you need a product. And unfortunately, teaching does not produce a product certain, to a certain degree. It produces so, 32 products, 32 yeah. students in a classroom, which is ridiculous. Yeah, but the, I think how, from a monetization standpoint, how do you, how do we bonus a teacher on that based on who passes? Because that's when we had all those issues with, I'm not saying, don't, don't, I don't want people to think I don't want teachers to get paid because my auntie was a teacher for many years, retired from a Chicago public school uh, district. But I just think that the government itself, and it, I just think it's the part government because that's who funds these particular funds. And it's also part what we value in America. Because and what, we, what's, return. But what's There's ridiculous- no return on it from the- yeah. What's ridiculous about that, Benny, is that I just read like, um, I don't know if it was a tweet or something where a guy who actually owns private prisons, he kind of broke down. Oh, yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about. That mean um, with the yeah, with the prisons. And I don't know if the math is 100 percent, but the actual process looks to be very um, lucrative. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and lucrative. So you you make millions and billions of dollars off of private prisons, which are. Yeah. Directly, you know, related to uh, kids who are like educational communities, resources. Yeah. don't have educational resources, judges who are getting paid um, to put uh, younger uh, children because they get more money for kids that are young that are in prison longer. Um, so those type of things really piss me off. Like why? If, if somebody put their money towards something like that, that would be awesome. You know, I, I just, have people yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. I just think we always talk about Abbott Elementary, which is a good show. And even in the humor, there's a lot of realness that a lot of teachers can relate to as far as having a lack of resources or misappropriated funds or not having this fixed. Buildings need to be updated. And unfortunately, that's just where we're at currently within a society. Because uh, and, and, and it kind of goes back to the conversation. We're putting all this pressure on somebody who made a million dollars off selling their feet pictures. But yet we don't show up for PTA means to put the pressure on them. We don't fill out, you know, the proper census. So when we can say, well, how many African-Americans do we have in the community and how many hospitals do we need? We ain't filled out the census to at least do the minimum. But yet we all on Twitter, we all on Instagram, we all tweeting and, and, and talking about what a person should be done. Well, you didn't even do your basic part. And that's kind of where we, we're where we at in society. We're, we're focusing the attention on the wrong thing. The attention is not where the feet is teaching is the attention should be why is my teacher not making money? Why, you know, and I think your daughter has the right attitude. Like, you know, if she get, a, if she's in that generation and she wake up a couple of her other friends, it may be a great movement where we can sit at the Congress or we can sit and lobby them like, hey, we lost two teachers last year because of X, Y, Z. Where is the money? Let's get some accountability and why they're not being properly compensated. Because even in Detroit, that was a big thing where city workers had to live in the city mm -hmm. to get the city jobs. And once that was lifted, you know, a lot of people fled and they took that that financial mm -hmm. money outside of some certain communities. So hopefully they would bring that back that if you want to, I think they were kind of trying to bring it back. They was offering incentives if you want to, you know, be a city worker, we uh, you know, compensate you on housing to a certain degree or and that uh, was the same thing for uh yeah. for um police officers and things like that yeah. too. Um civil service workers. I think that you hit a, a good point. Like we need to be able to control the stuff that's within our circle of influence. So right, exactly the stuff that starts at home, your badass kids, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, showing up to the PTL meetings, um, going to parent teacher conference and things like that. I know things have been really shaky the last two years with 
um, with COVID, yeah. the pandemic, like everything is kind of haywire. I know I'm, I don't nearly do as much as I used to before the pandemic, as far as, um, you know, reaching out and, and doing things like that. It's just kind of weird the way things are working. But um, I think, you know, uh, one of the other things that I talked about today with um, somebody is the fact that um, when you mentioned buying up the block, like buying all the houses yeah. in the communities, and now we're seeing that all of these private investors are coming in our communities and purchasing um, large numbers of houses. And what they're doing is they are renting these houses out to people who cannot afford the rent oh, in yeah. those houses. And, um, you know, that's a big problem because now rent is sky high. You yeah, know, Detroit yeah. can't afford to live in Detroit. Yeah, because one of my uh, old co-workers, because so I'm you know, originally from Chicago, moved up here. And just to see what the cost of property was when I moved up here in 2007, it was like the cost of a, like a high-end Gucci bag for some of these houses. Mm-hmm. And of, of course, investors were coming through back then and buying up blocks and blocks of property and having a, a control over uh, over the market rent. Because one of my old co-workers, her landlord, uh, even though the property management was from Michigan, the landlord itself was from France. So I'm like, damn. And, and that's, that was another point I was about yeah, to make. Foreign because investment. in other countries... You have to actually live Canada, in yeah. that country and in order to own property in that country. In the United yeah. States, you can kind of live anywhere. I think they're in the process right now. A couple of states are in the process of putting something together that says, hey, you can only own two properties. If you, you know, one of them has to be your per- primary residence. And right. then if you're not, you know, if you're not living here, then you can't, you can't buy property here. Like, you know, so they're in the process of doing something like that. But you definitely hit. You you did hit a good point. Yeah. Our a lot of people are purchasing these houses from out of the country, and um and hiring um, property management local property management what gives people the impression that the house is <laughs> owned by you know um, yeah investors that are in the city. So you are absolutely one hundred percent, and they will definitely hire a black person to manage those properties properties yeah feel like and i i've had that happen to me um one time when i did rent a property so i i definitely understand how that works yeah because when she told me she somehow happened with she wasn't getting the satisfaction from the property person she had to email the landlord who actually owned it and it it bounced back from france (laughs) like oh i'm sorry i'm not in the country i don't live there but let me see what i can do not a goddamn thing and it was yeah and, and he owned a few properties but i think canada has recently uh, put a hold to try to level out their housing market that you can't be kind of limiting foreign investments. So we don't have, they don't have that skyrocket influx of people coming in with money and just buying their property and not really living there. And I want to say some part of New York, uh, Rochester, maybe Buffalo, New York is having an insurge of people coming from like California and they're making, putting strict, tough restrictions on people buying property from out of the state so to not outprice the locals out of the market. A lot of the people of who are local New Yorkers are actually moving down south. Yeah. They can't afford to live in New York any longer. California um, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I just I just I don't know. I, I you know, we, we said this before, you know, as middle class, if we are still middle class, if their middle class still exists, <laughs> um, we've been forced out. And now you're looking at a market where you have high home prices and mortgage rates are back up and rent is up. So it's like, and and that's one thing I appreciate about this other, I guess this is kind of like our generation who did the, who led all those movements of, you know, protesting Wall Street and 
Uh, I can't remember what the actual movement was called. It was a few years back where they was just kind of doing sit-ins and shutouts and it's just getting the word out there. Like you, this is something that you can control. We can't just say inflation and is is the cause for everything. Everything doesn't need to increase in price. Somebody has to, as an owner, especially when you're still yeah. sending <laughs> trillions and millions of dollars over to fight somebody else's cause. Like right. they can't say that. But one one thing that um, I think in the black community, uh, when we speak of like pocket watching, there's this thing that says that if you are a certain age, whatever that age is, I've never really found out what the actual age was. But if you're a certain age, you should not be living in your mama's house, right? You should That's have true. your own house, right? I was just I heard, yeah. somebody today, and it's like, how? How can you afford that? How? Well, just not to, I don't, I don't want this to come across uh, racist or what big bigotry is. Say it. Well, when I first moved, <laughs> like being from Chicago, it was an all black neighborhood, mm-hmm. so I never had to to interact with Arabics, the Arabic community or Chaldeans, just to find out that. And what happened was we were all at work one day. And I know how much money I made. And I'm like, well, how the fuck he got a BMW? And he got Speak a- on it. Speak <laughs> on like, it. Fuck. And I come to find out that they all kind of live together until Group they get economics. married. <laughs> right, right. And I was like, oh. Because, you know, in Black community, once you're 18, it's like, hey, <laughs> seek a swim. And that, and I was just thinking, like, oh, you able to gather more wealth if you can stay at home or you can, if you all can, you know, like you say, group economics to to get out there and, you know, put a healthy down payment on a home or but let's, possibly pay cash for a home or, you know. Let's go back, though. Let's just I think it's a misconception. And, and maybe, Benny, this has been your experience. So I'm just going to ask you. Um, I think it's a misconception that black folks just put their kids out at 18. Yeah, it is a miss. It's a, it's it's a it, it. I mean, it is a miss. That's the perception. That perception. That's yeah. Perception. I think I have a son that's almost 20, and yeah. I have a son that's almost 18. I don't think that either of my children are um, ready to move out into the world and be financially responsible for their own household. However, yeah. there are times in the black community <laughs> where children <laughs> begin to think that they're more of an adult than they are. Right. And they begin to um, not respect the laws of the land. I understand when that. that at that said time, it's time <laughs> for said children to move on to their own domain. And I think that's where the misconception is. It's not the fact that you 18 you know, people out. are putting their kids out at 18. Of course, kids go to college. Um, you know, some some go to college for one year, come back. You know, they're not a grown because once you go out to college and you didn't live, you know, telling yourself what to do for nine months you come home and all of a sudden you grown so um i think that that is the misconception but if we are as young adults as children um you know if we learn that we are we we need each other yeah we definitely need each other i'm thinking once my kids get out i'm about to sell my house and go move in with my mama god damn it <laughs> um, <laughs> you know let me give you half of the proceeds from this house mm-hmm. and we you know let's thug it out and i'll pay the bills here or whatever because like really it's just it, it makes no sense it, it makes no sense um i think some of us are in a bind because we choose to be in a bind because independence is so the perception of independence is so, you know, like a badge of honor, but it's like you can still hold your independence while still being able to lean on each other for support. Of course, and I think yeah. that that is something, you know, in the black community, we don't see, like you said, Chaldeans and other races, like they live at home until they marry and then they marry. And then when they actually marry, 
they have, have money kids too yeah they have kids and they have money you know that they probably have saved up and you know mm. are able to be able to you know start their own or branch out their own yeah. house and stuff like that but we that's but, exactly how they we, do it yeah and i was just i was just telling my girlfriend this i said now my son is um when he you know decides that he works and gets his first um real job if if he shall come in my house dripping in gucci and gold <laughs> sir this is not that now right this know, ain't this ain't free money this is a chance for you to build a nest exactly. so you can get an advantage in starting in life yeah exactly. that has to be stressed this ain't <laughs> it's not no fucking free for all <laughs> right this ain't time you to know, be. <laughs> like this is the time that you are building the structure for your life yeah and you know well, that's i think we need to stress those points but we just always looking and 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 talking and condemning and making judgment and and, and most times that ain't what's happening well what what well, I'll go ahead and nod. I'm sorry. I think part of the problem, too, in the Black community is like when one person in the family becomes successful, they don't always help their other family mm. members. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it becomes, what's, what's the saying? Crab out of a barrel or crab in a barrel? Right. You know, everybody's trying to get out, so they don't necessarily help. To go back to what you was talking about, Betty, how the other cultures do it. Um, remember a couple years ago, when there was this like this pyramid thing, this thing going on oh, called the Susu, the Susu, yeah, the was Susu. It? Susu, yeah, I remember that. Ugh. That is that is one of the one of the things that other cultures do, and that's how all these other form. Well, I'm not gonna say foreigners, but other cultures build businesses, you know, and stuff. get their businesses because they do that same pyramid and they pass it along to their to their other family members to put so much of the pots to say okay now it's time to help this person get their store okay they got their store set up now let's do the pyramid again so we can help so-and-so get their store Mm -hmm. so they always paying back into the pot they're paying back into the pot Mm -hmm. and the pot is blessing the family like their family their gender their their who, who they are like generations to come so that's that's something that we don't always practice we always find some kind of way to get out of it well i ain't gonna do it because such such such, yeah. such you know it's always some type of conflict so i think if we really focus on just trying to work together we can be just as dominant out here owning businesses as as they are and but I'm, you know we, we one one issue with with what what that i feel from in the black community is conflict resolution Mm-hmm. We, we usually make decisions off of emotion. I think mm-hmm. we talked about this before in the podcast. Yep. But we usually make decisions off of a um, off of emotion, and we don't necessarily look at the big picture. So sometimes to resolve those, you have to kind of put yourself, your feelings to the side, and say, okay, let's focus on the common goal of what we're what we're trying to do for our family. Y'all preaching some people, today. Some people can't master that. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you where that where, where you just talked about now that cooperative economics where that worked and mm-hmm. took the world to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Barry Gordy, that's where his first mm-hmm. money came from was from his family to get the ball rolling. But and you exactly see what cultural, be. national, global impact that has had. So imagine when we're not doing that, we could have been caught up to what they quote unquote the wealth gap if we would just go back to that simple principle. But the Gordy family was, if you look at the story of his life and how he had took out the money, I think the money started the record store, which kind of started the music career, or however that went, but it just came from the money came from internally within the family. And he had to pay the money back uh, because, you know, it was a loan to a certain degree, but it was within the family. Yeah. Just financial literacy 
to, together is, is lacking in the black community because like Betty said, you know, as soon as a, our, our kids get a job or something, what do they want to do? They want to go buy the first designer thing that they can barely afford and not necessarily focusing on, okay, if I put so much money away from each paycheck by this time right. um, in two or three years, I'll be able to put a down payment on my own house or possibly buy my own house, own house or right. buy, my own, buy my own car. It's everything. Everything has to be for show right now. So we it's have to change that mentality. Yeah. Like we have to change their mentality and saying it's not necessarily what you always have on. Like what's on, what is your name on? That's, that's what we should be focused on. I what assets I, do you want to, do you want to have obtained have. by the age of 25? Now, when you, when you say that though, I think, I think, and, and it pisses me off most times when people, oh, I'm sorry. No, not you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh Lord. what no, I say? <laughs> no. No, it pisses me off when people I know, say I'm just messing with they you. should this in school or why they not no. teaching this in school, why they not teaching right. it in school. Um, they got enough curriculum in school. You should be teaching your kids the shit. Like you should be your you are your kids' first teacher. The right. parents exactly. Are and nobody knows teacher. about finances and what they're gonna have to experience more than you because you're raising them. So you know yeah. what the expenses are to raise a child. You know what expenses are to, to buy the, the different clothes and stuff that they want or what a mortgage and stuff costs. Nobody's going to know that firsthand but the parent. And then people are nowadays like, I, I think what you always say, Benny, social media be so cap. <laughs> yeah. Like they be so, like everybody just want to allude and have this um, impression of something. Like they want to present themselves as something. So now it's, you know, all these memes going around is by 18, you should know how to teach your kid to start a business. You right, should teach yeah. your kid how to do get the fuck out of here because yeah, one that's... thing is for sure like you how come your 40 year old ass don't know how to uh run a business and they ain't even tried everybody can't be a business owner that's, that's not everybody's thing you know what i'm saying but somebody gotta work there <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying somebody gotta you know put the plan in motion and somebody else gotta do the work like you know it's just it's just not as simple as that but i see people like instead of buying my kids you know this shit that you see said about my kids Christmas gifts. I bought them a vending machine. They're going to start their own business. Um, one of the girls, a girl that I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I seen that meme going around. Oh, that's gifts. Like, that's going, that video going on. Y'all going to stress these fucking kids out before they even get 21. They ain't going to want to do shit. They going to be didn't try to do everything at 15. <laughs> but um, one of the, a girl that I know, she gifted her daughter an LLC, started her business for her. She actually runs the business. And it's actually going very, very well. The, I, I'm not going to say what kind of business it is. I'm not going to shout all her business right now, but I will in a later date because I don't want to mix it up with this point that I'm trying to make. But she gifted her daughter a business. The business is probably in its second year and it's doing really, really well. Um, you know, she does um, events and stuff and she puts the money up for her daughter. This is her only child. So she works really hard to build her daughter's business and her brand. I mean, she works really hard. She has her own business, her own brand, and she works a, a full-time job. So I'm having a conversation with her this weekend and she's like in tears because her daughter is 17. She'll be 18 in October and her daughter wants to work at Walmart. And so she's in tears and she's like, I did all this to start you a business and, you know, set you up and, you know, get everything so you don't have to work for nobody. You can be your own boss and blah, blah, blah. And you don't even want the shit. You want to stock shelves at Walmart. And I said, so the problem is 
that 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 that's not her dream. That's not her goal. That's not what right. she wants mm-hmm. to do. And it's a lot of work. But if you if you have money saved up for her, and you want her to see like the money, then you probably should pay her a check because you're supposed to, right? You're supposed to pay her a paycheck out of that money so she, she knows like this is her earnings. But that's not what she wants for her life. She wants to be a normal ass teenager. Yeah. She wants to work with her friends at, at the local Walmart and, and do whatever. And I said, you know, sometimes I, I just don't think that your daughter understands, you know, she doesn't understand what you're doing for her, but she also, you know, wants to live her life her own way. Exactly. And it may take a while for her to catch up and understand like what you put in motion for her, but these are kids and, and we want so much for our kids and we think so grand for our kids, but they're still kids they don't want yeah. the pressure mm-hmm. I, you, mm-hmm. how many nights i stay up till 4 a.m working and yeah, trying to put stuff together <laughs> yeah, you know what i'm yeah. saying Benny, i'm bugging you at four o'clock in the morning yeah, i'll be up though <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying so you know i understand that and kids shouldn't have to do that like why do why do we feel like our kids have to do that like put that's that not the life that we, yeah. you know what i'm saying like everybody wants their kids to be a boss Everybody want their kids to be, and that's great. Like we all want our kids to be successful, but at what cost? Their childhood. Yeah, that that reminds me of that Cat Williams joke when he was like, he's supposed to like Skittles. <laughs> yeah, and then again, that's that you know that could just be her perception of being successful because everybody doesn't have the entrepreneurial spirit. Some spirit. Yeah. Some people are just some people are okay with just having a regular nine, a, to, five nine to five and working yeah. with somebody, and that and is perfectly still, fine, and you can yeah, be successful. They, they can still be successful and live within their means with that nine to five. Um, and then it could just be a maturity thing. Mm-hmm. It could be a maturity thing where she's just not mature enough to really understand the blessing that her mom has set up, set up for her. So, you know, I can see where she's a little frustrated and, and disappointed, but at the same time, you know, you have to let her grow into her, to her being right. her own self. So if I was her, I would just, you know, stick the money to the side um, so some type of fund for her to where when she reaches, obviously, if she say that she wants to work at Walmart, that's going to be a red flag for me to say, okay, she's not there matured. She's course, not mature right. there. Yeah, so that's, yeah. I'm going to take this money and stash it to the side to where she can't touch um, her profits or her assets from this company until she reaches a certain age. So that way she could still reap the benefits of the business, but not necessarily, you know, you know like at, at yeah, a time. Saying, yeah. And then, but if in the meantime, she could still work there to gain an understanding of what it is to be your own boss. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, just, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's disheartening because she says she wants to work at Walmart. I mean, obviously, like you said, we want the best for our children, but I think she just needs to give her some time, still stack the money and then eventually let her make her own decision about what she wants to do. with it. Girl, she gonna but, get to Walmart and be like, fuck this shit. I'm out. But, but it's so crazy because kids do what other kids do. So if all her friends are working at Walmart, she might just want to work out there to hang out with her friend. Like, girl, we work here. We get and how old is you? You said 17. <laughs> you know, at, at, that, at that point in life, that's a very self-centered age. It's yeah. all about them. They're not thinking about nothing but what their friends is doing, trying to keep up with their friends. So even if she was to go to Walmart, work there a day, you know, if her friends go to Wendy's the next the next week, she goes yeah, try to get a job at Wendy's because her friends yeah. is doing it. It's not necessarily a job; it's just what her friends is. Friends, doing. Is, yeah, I, and I, you learned it about teenagers. When I was at high now, school, if she wa- go ahead. Now. One more thing I want to mention here, Betty. Now, if she, which the way that she could present it to her daughter is saying, 
you know, you want to work at Walmart because your friends is there, tell your friends you got a job for them. Like, look, get 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 your friends on just like you trying to get on. So that way y'all don't, none of y'all have to work at Walmart. I mean, that could be, so that way they could still be together, but still working and for build themselves. stuff together. Yeah, she's got she's got she's got some outlets. It's just you know they got it's a conversation that, that they need to have. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I I told her like you know just keep going and you know it's gonna work yourself out. It's it's definitely gonna work itself out. It's just one of those things that, um, you know we just are trying to instill stuff in our kids that they're not quite ready for. But I like the way you're doing it, Betty. You're taking your daughter and you're incorporating her into something that you already got going on, but you're allowing her to be herself and express it the way she wants to so you're not saying you have to do this you have to do it this way mm-hmm. she can come on and she can crack jokes when you all do the live so she's pr- working within the business being herself and still having fun where she's not like oh my god I she don't have a business mama. owner pressure <laughs> right exactly right. i gotta go help my mama do this because she's trying to start this business for me so i like the way that you've incorporated her into the whole process and she's kind of getting knowledge probably unconsciously that she didn't know if she's gaining until she'd look back like oh snap my mama was putting me up on some stuff I didn't even know because mm-hmm. kids would do not what you tell them but what they see you do Absolutely. <laughs> so, yep. Absolutely. so I just think how you're doing it is like oh okay because we could talk financial literacy all day but if, if, if mama out there blowing money that she ain't got the kids gonna be like well I, I, you know that's just how mm-hmm. they are so yeah, my, my kids gonna think they can take trips when they want to. <laughs> not today, you know. But <laughs> but um, not. I was gonna say when I was in high school, I had the pleasure of working with all of my friends. Like everybody oh, from my school worked at my um after school job, so our shit was lit. Like we always have fun. Like even if y'all weren't doing no damn work, <laughs> we used to He's work hard. To kick it. We yeah, were, right. It felt, it felt like it felt like we was getting paid to kick it because it, it literally was fun. Was like I friends. did it for so right, long. Right, right. Like everybody from my school worked there, so we was just lit all the time, you know. So um, I can see how that could be a big thing, you know, like working with your friends and you know. Uh, bullshitting around you know at Walmart telling people this ain't your department you know shit like that because that's what they do at Walmart so um good times good times (laughs) let's let's take the conversation because I know we're talking pocket watching and we're talking finance are we as a community stressing uh vocational uh aptitudes good because you know because our generation was like, you go to four years and you come out and you get a degree in that. But nobody was like, you ever thought about being a plumber? You ever thought about being an electrician? But as you get older as an adult and that electrician or that plumber show up at your house, like, you want how much a fucking hour to look in my sink? I pay my <laughs> I pay my electrician. I pay my electrician $60 an hour when he comes yeah. out of the house and it's a minimum of $60. Um, I paid somebody $250 a plumber, $250 and he was at my house for 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh so definitely. Um I'm right now I need to call my electrician. I'm adding up them hours. Like I, I don't know how many more hours I gotta work at the job. How much this <laughs> thing I gotta sell to get this, you know, fixed. Um, but that's a good point. I you know, I have two sons that are becoming adult age. One is going to college, and um he's actually um already finished with a year and a half of college anyway in mm-hmm. as a senior in high school so he ain't got that much long okay, to go yeah. in um in school but i have another son that is will be um you know graduating and he um we're looking into trades for him so we looked you know electric uh electrical we're looking at um um uh, barber college Okay. So we're looking at a couple of different things for him as well. Cause school ain't for everybody. Everybody is college ain't for everybody. Um, 
and there are ways to be very successful and make a good living honestly um through vocational trades you know you can be a, a a journeyman you make so much money <laughs> you know what i'm saying so much money you know you can you can do a a, a wealth of things even uh you know we just talked about to start your own business work for yourself shit you can work two days a week and still probably make more than i would make 40 hours yeah you know so that's true you know to, to go back to, to go back to what you said benny about how we were kind of like conditioned to think you have to go to a four-year school and i think our generation with kids that's coming up, you know, heading to school or close to going, you know, at college age or whatever, I think we should kind of, um, like, like, we, like we've been discussing, we should kind of give them the, a path just to say, you know, mm-hmm. do something, but just make sure that you're, you know, it's something that you really, really want to do and I'll support you versus saying, no, you have to go to a four-year yeah. college or you have to do this because I think that kind of creates some type of, um, disconnect between you and you and your child Resentment. to where they they'll feel like a failure because they didn't do exactly the dream that you had planned out for them you know yeah. what I'm saying so I think starting them early just starting the thought process when they get to high school or whatever saying hey you know have you given some some thought to to college or um, what are some things that you would like to do you know like Betty said electrician a fireman policeman whatever you want to do so that way you can kind of find different ways or resources you know, to pass support. on to them, right, to, to you know, to, to keep them interested. And then, you know, they might get those resources and say, uh, you know what, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Maybe, sh- maybe I will right. just go to college. Yeah. <laughs> but Johnny, you, you made know? a good point, too, because a lot of, like, just us, we were expected to go to college, right? So we went to college, we majored in stuff, because this would look good, or, you know, this is, I think my mommy would be proud of me if I did this. Right. You get $70,000 in debt, you hate the fucking, <laughs> you know, you hate the 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 field that you spend six years in trying to get into they ain't paying you shit you can't pay your student loans back now you're depressed you know um or but one thing i think is really cool is that kids will know that college is always an option for them later in life yeah because people go to college later in life and kill it you know what i'm saying your kids two-year break and come out and be a road fucking scholar and then they made mm-hmm. C's and D's in high school. And, you know, they, <laughs> because it's what they want to do. It's what they yep. want to do. Like, not because you're forced to do it. Not because you're expected to do it. I don't right. think my mama even knew. I don't even think my mama ever knew what I majored in in, in school. She, she going to school for something for business. This is what she's telling folks. She For something for business. You don't even know. It sounds good, though. When she's talking to her friend, like, ooh, girl, you know. Betty out there in school. school. For business. She, she <laughs> school. And my mom ain't even old. You know, talking. You know, some mom was in her 30s when I graduated from high school talking about self for business. And I'm like, girl, like, come on now, sis. <laughs> now, <laughs> go ahead, Benny. Is there, is, am I mistaken, but is uh, Wayne County in Michigan doing a free two years for Wayne County I students? Think it was or Wayne is, County. Or is it, it a. Uh, was Wayne County and they were doing it for students who, um, I forgot what the criteria was, but I think it was students that attended school in, in, in Wayne County. Wayne I think. County. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, I, think, DP, I, think, I think DPS was doing something to, like um, there was a partnership with certain schools for students that graduated or went to um, any charter school or um, okay. charter school or public school in the, in the city of Detroit. I think it was something like that too going on. So it's a couple programs out here, even shit for adults who, um, 
who having careers. a degree, yeah, who who maybe switching uh, careers and haven't uh, finished a degree or is working toward a degree, they have programs that will give you uh, free college to get your um, two year degree or certificate program at WC three or um, I think even other uh, community colleges as well. So it's opportunities out there. People want to take them because I know Tennessee had the Tennessee Promise where. Uh, I, I guess it may have been for the whole state that they can go, if you kept your grades at a certain level, you can go two free years at, at a local community college and then transfer those credits over to the to a four-year university. university. Yeah. I think also there is a program at U of M also for students okay. whose uh, families, I think the, I think the, I think the, um, the uh, income requirement is like under 60K or something like that. Okay. You have to have a certain, um, GPA, but GPA. they were like, yeah, you can come for free um, at U of M. So they had a, a similar program too. So cool. You know, kids can get the free education if they want it. Yeah. And I, like I said, they can offer it to you for free for two years. Like you might as well take advantage of it. Definitely. <laughs> and I tell kids, you know, all the time, you know, younger students, take the community, you know, they, I think uh, there's a stigma about community college. Yeah. Um, and I think, definitely take community college classes get those classes they cheat for your core class for your core, your core class yeah you know who fault that is chris rock and i'm just playing he told a community <laughs> college joke back in the day <laughs> well i'm sure i didn't hear that but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um uh, go ahead man i was gonna say even in this market when we're talking about you know staying with family and to build the wealth to get on your own a lot of people doing this last you know, this whole pandemic had to move back with their parents. And they were, that was a big Newsweek article that they had, like, oh, a lot of, you know, gens such and such and millennial, older millennials are returning home because of, you know, whatever happened with the pandemic and all that. So I just think that not as a community, as a nation, we have to, to you know, put the focus back on family and let us, you know, let us know that, shift the, shift the narrative that it's okay that, you know, family can stay and grow because when I when sometimes when you drive and pass certain houses, because it's like they hype you up to buy a big ass house just to tell you later in life to downsize the house. Mm. So it's just kind of like, you know, so I just think that, you know, families coming together uh, to kind of reestablish themselves, to regroup financially, to regroup emotionally and spiritually, then branching out again, there's nothing wrong with that. And I look at us being the older scope of the millennial generation we had a good pass through because we saw what our parents went through we came in on a good wealth of knowledge about how to start in certain businesses how to manage money and we're able to pass it on to our children to to go further than our parents and you know us and our grandparents have been able to go so i think that's why we're such a key position to have this conversation and be the initiative to make the change because when my mother and them was coming up there was no you know how to build wealth classes. They were, they couldn't go to YouTube and learn how to build wealth. They couldn't go to YouTube and get uh, they mental was health a, courses. You know, they was the getting out, getting it out the mud, the mud generation. For real. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, for real. Hey, these kids don't know. <laughs> so the crazy, the crazy thing about that, Benny, is also, and <laughs> this is totally off the subject, but when you said that, it just made me think about it. It made me think about you know how the system set up black folks. You know, back in the day, how, um, you know, you couldn't get on welfare if it was a man in the house. Yeah. So the daddy had to move out in order for the mama to be able to get uh, assisted. Like, what the fuck? Did so you've cut. Us? Yeah. You've kind of handicapped it. Yeah. Because that's said he was making 20,000 back then. 
and now that twenty thousand is out the house, and you know, so yeah, that all and that plays. And the kids ain't got no daddy at home. Now they mad. Now you know, like the, yeah. you know, that was totally off the subject. But I just thought about when you said our, you know, the stuff that our family, you know, our parents yeah. saw and things like that. And now they're taking out the mud. That made me think about that. That shit is crazy. That, and that goes back to that whole, you know, why we're why we're focusing on who just got rich and how they spending their money. We need to be addressing that. <laughs> but you know. but small changes within, oh yeah, go big change. You know what I'm saying? So you start small with the stuff that you can control yeah. and work work out. You know, it it does make a, a huge impact in the community. This has been a good episode. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> A great informational episode of BNB presents the Black Media Podcast. And but we before we sign out, I'm Ben and to my right. It's Nada. Good night. And to my right. Nada, why are you being so simple today? Like I ain't even used to this. All right, y'all. It's your girl Betty, and I am out. Have a good night, y'all. See you all next time. Deuces. Peace.